Okay, um, just a couple quick notes because we're going to get started. Uh, we're actually at 9.05, that's the start time for this morning. And uh, I hope everyone who stayed at the hotel had a good moment to uh, get together and um, uh, enjoy the fellowship time and all that. Hi, how are you? Um, and I found out last night, or this morning, that there were only two rooms available in the hotel. And I think whoever wanted to come to stay tonight, uh, they were <laughs> they were on a waiting list. So this place books up. That's why we talk about early on making sure that you book your room. And we say it's time to book the room because you might one year get shut out. And we would hate for that to happen. So it's a popular hotel. We appreciate you being here. And that's just as an FYI so that you know. Uh, in the future, because um, we plan on we plan on coming back here next year. <laughs> so, um, uh, there was some great discussion that took place last evening before we broke, and some great points were even made after we finished up because we finished up on time. But I didn't want to let those things go. It had to do with the the video uh, regarding. The 70 times 7, where the woman, the woman who was getting married, all of a sudden had this fit of anger because she had some um, unforgiveness in her heart for her father. And um, I'm going to pick on B, uh, Big Jim because he made a great point, and I wanted him to share that with everybody. Remember what you said? <laughs> you remember what you said? Well, I, I'm not. I'm, that's fine. But I'm going to. If you have trouble, if you have trouble, I'll help you through it. But. Uh, but he had a great point to, to, to mention about the father and how he was trying to reconcile with his daughter. And you wanted to, did you want me to keep going? Or you want to keep going. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> make me say it. All right. The great point that he made was that the father's apology, he, she, the first thing he said was, I'm sorry, and he was sincere about it. And... There was, he was sincere about it because there was no conditions with the apology. In other words, he was, he was saying, I'm sorry, I had no idea what was wrong, and wasn't making excuses for it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was really important for us to see in that was that he was coming and not making excuses for his behavior. He was genuinely trying to reconcile with his daughter. That's the immediate takeaway from that. He didn't mention anything about the cancer. That came later. Those were all things that came out in the discussion. The, the daughter, if she did not reconcile with her father, if she did not forgive him, would have carried that anger that was right below the surface into her marriage and could traditionally have passed that anger on generationally even to her own children once they had children. Do you understand how important it is to reconcile and try to deal with those issues? That's really important. Because if you don't do those things, if you don't forgive when someone does something to you, you will keep that anger, and that anger goes into bitterness. And that bitterness will be transformed to even other family members. Not knowing what's going on with you or what's happening, but that anger will come out. And that was the danger that was going to take place there, because remember, that's what the father was dealing with, with his own father. And that anger was not dealt with. And you would have to hope that he even forgave his own father for what happened. Okay, but we don't know that. We just we can only speculate on that. Okay? Did I say it well for you? Whatever. 
someone else had a great point yesterday. Now, I can't remember what it was, but I wanted to bring that out just for the sake of kind of getting us into the flow today about what we're going to be discussing today. And we're going to actually be talking about, I heard the words forgive and forget. I heard those, uh, that phrase was being used. We're actually going to talk about that as well, too. What a coincidence, right? Yes, go ahead. Then how her attitude changed with a blink of the eye. Just yes, as soon as what, he, she saw her father. Her father. Yeah, the, the anger was there. It was latent. It was right at a moment. It was just, just like that. It happened. That's right. And that's any one of us who doesn't have resolve, has not resolved these issues. We have that anger within us. You just never quite know how it's going to be brought out. Yes. That's right. She was setting herself up for her marriage crumbling and getting into something that was not very good. That's a great point. So I think what we're seeing is the importance of dealing with these issues. And I had asked you to write down some names of people in your life where that is an issue or may be an issue. And again, it's not because you expect anyone to apologize to you or to forgive you, but for you to just give that matter to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him deal with your heart, those issues, that anger. You know, Lynn and I have, you know, talked, you know, we're both remarried, and we've had to talk through, even some on occasions, what we dealt with with our previous marriages, just as a way of therapy, even within our own relationship. Because the one thing we don't want to do is bring any baggage from those relationships over into our marriage. That's just logical. You don't want to do that. Many people get married and divorced and married and divorced and married and divorced because they don't resolve those old issues. And that's what happens. Okay? So you don't want to keep doing those things. I mentioned to you briefly about my mom, and I mentioned that yesterday about how I've now come to terms with how I don't believe I was treated as well as a child by her. She didn't abuse me. It was more of a, well, I've got my own life, and you know, you can come up and do what you want to do and all that stuff, but there wasn't a whole lot of nurturing with my mom. So I had to deal with that later on in life and just kind of say, okay, here's where she is right now. I knew that she was focused on other things in her life besides her children. Okay? And that's something that I've had to kind of come to grips with and say I forgive her for that because if I were to get mad at her right now, first of all, she wouldn't understand it. If, for those of you who don't know, my mom has early onset Alzheimer's. So for me to have any kind of an issue where I would sit and tell her, you know, you didn't do what you were supposed to do as a, as a, as a mother and all those things, that would have no, no bearing on her whatsoever. She wouldn't know anything about that, wouldn't understand that. So in a situation like that, you have to say, give it to the Lord and say, you know what? I am who I am today. I'm very thankful the Lord brought me to where I am today. And I forgive her for those things because she didn't know any better. She didn't understand it. She was kind of focused on her own thing. And I, I just dealt with that. And interestingly enough, my wife and I had a conversation last night about how when my mom's father passed away, who was a reverend, we went to the funeral, and she just had no interest. She was there, but she was ready to leave. Okay? And her funeral, the funeral of her brother that I took her to, and this is while she still had the condition, she was much more 
engaging with her family because she loved her brother. So I saw a difference in relationships right there. It was striking to me. I'm like, boy, what a difference it is. So maybe the way that she was treated as, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody in the family by saying those things, but maybe the way she came up under her father was a reflection of how she raised us. Okay? So notice how we went through this whole explanation in the movie about what was the reason for the behavior of the father. Well, there's a reason for the behavior. It doesn't always justify it, but it explains it. It helps you to process the information that much more. Okay? Any questions about anything? Just wanted to just kind of throw that out there and let you catch it. Yes. You know what? Um, it is relational. Uh, mm -hmm. With the pastor's father, he was basically raised by uh, his mother's sister, the aunt. Okay. And when his mom died, he did grieve a little bit. But when the aunt died, he really grieved. That was okay. his mother. Yeah. But uh, you know. But when the aunt died, that was really the nursing part of his life, which really was his mother. Okay. Because his mother used to be a live-in maid oh. in Calder Falls, and he he only see her maybe once or twice okay. a month. And then uh, the aunt did the actual raising. Okay. So he had bonded mostly with the aunt and the mom. You know, you hear stuff like you you're going to hear stories like that if you just start talking to people. Since you just hear that. Sometimes other people are involved in your life that raise you. That's just the way it is. Sometimes that's the way it happens. And we just have to kind of adapt or deal with those things. But that stuff will stay with you if you don't deal with it. That's absolutely true. It will stay with you. You know, we were wondering why sometimes a person who comes up all their life and they're docile and all of a sudden when they get an issue where they have memory issues and all that or they have rage issues, all of a sudden they start swearing and having expletives and all this anger is coming out because it was never reconciled. It was never really dealt with. It makes you wonder. You know what I mean? In order for you to be your best in this whole process, you as a believer have to make sure that you are doing everything you can do when it comes to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it's very important for you to understand that. In order for you to be your best, you have to do what you can to make sure that you're taking care of your own situation. So what we're going to do here in this first section is go over very quickly the characteristics of your image. Now, remember we talked about this for those who were here yesterday about image and why it's important for you to make sure that you're doing everything you can to be at your best as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ in order for you to deal with issues like forgiveness. When I say be at your best, you know, you, we should be, okay, we should be working out, for example, or staying in shape, doing things like being healthy in order for you to be at your optimum health, okay? And that's, this is one way that we're doing this as believers. In other words, we're not being spoon-fed on how we should do things. There are some things that you as an individual have to do to grow, and for those who remember this from last year, and you have the bookmark in front of you, you've got a handout now in front of you, but this is the thing I want you to understand about how important it is for you to take care of your own business when it comes to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. First thing we want to do is talk about the characteristics of your image, and we're going to lead into the discussion about uh, forgiveness as we go forward with this. 
The first thing is about eye for investigating the Word of God. In other words, you're not just reading God's Word. You're an investigator. Investigating means you have to put the appropriate time and effort into Bible reading. But now, even as you're developing a routine for your Bible reading every day, and I mean every day, each day, with a routine, you're going to make sure that you're going to be progressing in this process. In other words, you're going to be reading the Bible... You're going to be scheduling time to do it every day. You have a daily routine to do it. And you're going to be also not just reading the Bible, but using other resources as well to make sure that you are understanding what's being read. In other words, having um, biblical resources to complement your study. I recommend concordances, Greek and Hebrew, commentaries, if you have a study Bible, it gives you a lot of that right in the content of the Bible. It's great to have a study Bible. And I, and I say this because I, I want to challenge you to make sure that you're understanding that I know there's a lot of people who read the Bible, but there is not a whole lot of understanding that comes sometimes from what's being read. Okay? And I say that, and, and it's, it's kind of an indictment on some churches where they'll say, open a passage, look at a passage, and you're never heard from again. You're just not quite sure if the people are really understanding what's being said. But that's a challenge to you to make sure that what you're reading you understand. I'm a big believer in reading and understanding by the context of the passage. We have a lot of people who can quote passages, but they're way out of context, or not in the proper context. That's a problem, okay? So if somebody says something and says, say something, and you don't have anything to say about it, if you know it's wrong, well, that's a challenge on you. You need to make sure that what's being said is correct. If other people are hearing it, someone says something, and it's out of context, that's up to you to challenge that. Amen? Amen. I, 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 you can't let that go. You cannot let someone saying something about a passage and take it out of context. You know it's not right. You have to say, Here's what I understand about this passage. In other words, you're not trying to pick on the other person, but you're saying, here's what I understand about this passage. It has to do with this, this, and this. Don't let it go, because a lot of people will let it go and think it's correct. So you really have to make sure that you're doing those very things. The yes, go ahead. Well, um, maybe you might have to tell them afterwards. Well, now, wait a minute. Who's the preacher? Okay. Now, wait a minute. If it's the preacher, you don't ever challenge the preacher. That's right. You can tell him later, though. Well, now, wait a minute. Hold on. If you if it's really... Well, now we can have a nice discussion about this. We that you got to look at what the potential for disruption is if you did that. If you're if you're telling the preacher he's wrong, no, I know what you're saying. Okay, I understand. But go ahead, Lynn. I'm sorry. Oh, I said I'm in the middle of the pulpit. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be a good idea. I don't 
can I talk to you about what you were talking about? Yes. You know, where were you going with this? This is what I understand about it. That's the time to have yeah. There's a time and a place for certain conversations. That is very true. Right. That is very That's true. That's what I meant. I think but, it, yeah. yeah but I, what I meant was this. If, if, if we, we, all about, we all in here, yeah. and then somebody, you know, somebody say something that's out of context. Yeah. Well, then all of, us, all of us in here, we heard it, and, and somebody, would, you know, they made it, might, might have believed what they said. Mm-hmm. And then, but you know that it was out of context. Yes. I, I agree with that. In a setting like this, or in, in a small group in Sunday school, you're absolutely right. That's true. But there's a big difference between, and you, and you have to do it in a way that's, I, I guess I've gotten skilled at this because I've done this for like 25 years. There's a way to do it where you're not putting down someone when you're doing it. And you're saying, well, here's what I understand about this passage. And then that way you put it out there, but it's up to you guys to latch on to what's correct. Because yeah. ultimately, that's going to be your responsibility. Yes. yes. I'm sorry. But you, also, you have to ask God to give you wisdom, too. Yes. Because sometimes you're in a place, and we could argue about baptism, or we could argue about yes. this, but because of the foundation of that church or where they're at, right. you're just going to create an argument yes. that, that's irrelevant. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So you have to have discernment on... When is the right time to yeah, say something? Right. To you? Right and, and that's absolutely true, too. There's some things that somebody will say, and you know, 99 people out of 100 will say, well, what that person said was... So you might want to move on, you know what I mean? Because most people understand it. But to everyone else's point who made the point about this, it is important for you to have the ability to discern and know what's correct. That is your responsibility. If someone says something that's whack, and... Even if it's not caught and corrected, you've got to go back and do the research. Mm-hmm. More than just re- do the research, go back and look it up. Go back and look at a commentary. Look at what it says in your study Bible. Look at what it says. Look at what Matthew Henry says about it. Whatever it is, okay? That's investigating. That's just not taking somebody's word for it. That's when we talk about what the Bereans do. They go back and check and see for their own to see what, if it's true or not. That's your job. So you all should be investigators as you're progressing in your faith. You really do need be, to be that way. Mm-hmm. Investigate is a verb from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. To observe or study by close examination and systematic inquiry. That's an investigator. You're doing inquiries and you're doing it systematically. You're checking, rechecking. Does this make sense? That's how you really learn the word. Okay. Next point, and click, meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. This is not fancy, anything more than just talking about prayer, being built into stopping and quieting yourself for a few moments to make sure that what you're reading makes sense and you're truly letting the Word of God sink in. Be still and know that I am God, is Psalm 46.10. You're listening to God speak to you. You're taking the time with it. In a busy lifestyle, it's very tempting for you as an individual to read the word, say, okay, I'm done, and i got to go on with my life. And I think it's really important for you now to take that extra step and quiet yourself for five or ten minutes. Five or ten minutes may not seem like a lot of time, 
But if you have a busy lifestyle, it's a lot of time. Have you ever time put a clock up and put and just gone five minutes or ten minutes? And I recommend that time because you really do need to stop and hear God speaking to you. That's meditating on what you've just read, your prayer time, all of those things. That is how you progress as a believer. Because it's not enough just to say, well, I know the word. you now got to be sensitive to what God is saying to you about that word. How he's speaking to you. And, I, and trust me when I tell you, it makes a huge difference. Now, the challenge that you have, even you retirees, you guys who, who claim, you know, don't even have jobs like, you know, some of them. You've got to slow yourselves down enough in five or ten minutes' time to say this is important. That's what you got to do. you got to make it important. Yes, Debbie? Make changes. That's right. How do you know if something needs to be corrected or not if you're not truly stopping and reflecting on it? Very good point. Christian meditation is a form of prayer in which a structured attempt is made to become aware of and reflect upon the revelations of God. You've got to, you've got to take your time to meditate. Deliberately focusing on specific thoughts, such as a Bible passage, and reflecting on their meaning in the context of the love of God. Meditation is reflection, consistent prayer, and practice that promotes greater understanding and wisdom in the application of God's word. Now, one of the things that we're doing after every segment is we're stopping and thinking about what we just talked about and discussing it, because that's how you learn the material. And this is just the same thing that we need to be doing when it comes to the word of God but stopping and slowing yourself down. How important is that? Okay. Act. That's the application of God's Word. Now, after you've investigated, after you've meditated, now you're going to take what you've learned and use it. That's what application is. You're applying the Word. If you're being obedient to God's Word, you're going to apply it. You're going to take it from what you've learned, and you're going to run with it. Now, Application means a lot of things. One of the things we have to do is come to grips with the fact that we all sin, and we need to repent of sin. Amen? Amen. That's part of the process of being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you're not going to go out in the world and have an issue of sin remain unresolved. So there needs to be repentance even within your personal reflection. Now, when you're talking about going and applying it, your, your life should be a life where you're t- telling the Lord, I'm sorry for sinning. Help me to get it together today. If you're hiding in the word in your hearts that you don't sin, that's what this whole thing is. You're applying the word in your life. Complying to God, being obedient to him. You have a desire to please God. You have greater consistency in your Christ-like behaviors. That's what you're doing when you're applying the word. You're getting better and better and better at it. But it has to be what? A practice. It's a regular practice. Growing in Jesus Christ. That's the G word. Grow in Jesus Christ. Maturing. 
hearing God speak, everybody hears God speak in different ways. We actually had a class about that a couple years ago, hearing the different way that God, God speaks. And we talked about it 15 different ways, at least 15, on how God speaks to individuals. Everybody has a different language with the Lord because you're a unique individual. God speaks to you in a certain way, in a special way. But the thing you've got to be sensitive to is how God is speaking to you. He may speak to you differently than he speaks to Roscoe or myself or my wife. Okay? But you've got to be sensitive to that. That's very important. Okay? Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, greater focus and determination. In order for you to grow, you've got to be sensitive to what the Spirit is saying to you and how he's speaking to you. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. Very important to do that. And finally, endure. Now, endurance is one of those things that all of us have to put up with because we're enduring every day. Amen? Amen. Bearing all things that occur in the faith with an understanding of the big picture, the love of Christ is being exhibited for all to see and that Christ is glorified. You know, stuff happens to us, all of us, in different ways, shapes, or forms, and we can't always explain it. We don't always understand it. But we know that it's part of being a believer in Jesus Christ. We've got to deal with stuff every day because of the world we live in. So even with all this preparation, all this meditation, acting on God's word, we've got to put up with a lot of stuff. So, But that's part of how you're making a testimony before others for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, as you endure, people will see that Christ is being glorified. That's what you need to pay attention to. Jesus wants you to not only persevere, but to remain steadfast in your faith and retain a boldness in your faith, in your words, and in your demeanor before others. Your words have to reflect Jesus Christ. Your demeanor, in spite of what's going on, has to reflect Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay, so it's your steadfastness that makes the boldest statements of Jesus Christ's presence in your life. Turn real quick for those of you that have your Bibles to 2 Timothy. I want to take a look at a, a verse here. We've, I wanted to kind of go through this. Some of the verses here you can look up and see on your own. And, and I think I have a handout, the orange handout you can start passing out. And, um, that will take us into the area of forgiveness as well, too. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 8 through the first part of verse 12. Yeah, the orange hand, handout, it'll, it'll blind you there if you're not careful. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> We want to make sure you can believe. If you're not awake now, you will be after you get that one. Uh, verse 8, starting at chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, I'm going to be reading, I believe, from the Holman Christian version. Keep your attention on Jesus Christ as risen from the dead and descended from David. Notice how it says, keep your attention. That's really important for you as a believer to do, and that's how you're going to be able to endure things. This is according to my gospel. I suffer for it to the point of being bound like a criminal, but God's message is not bound. This is why I endure all things for the elect, so they, they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. 
This saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. You're doing this for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the, what's the great commission, everyone? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. When you're enduring, you're reflecting that gospel before everyone. That's what you need to be doing. And you're doing it for the purpose of what? Getting people saved. The purpose is to get people into the family of Jesus Christ. Okay? That is how you be a, you would become a more complete believer by having this image. This is the image that we've been talking about. Now we're going to carry that a little bit further and look at what that means with forgiveness. Okay? And... Wow, look at all the verses. If you'll notice on the second part, where it says in your, in your hand, on your handout, your image and forgiveness, look at all the verses that, are, that refer to investigating forgiveness. First of all, that's not a complete list. That's a list of verses that you can look up on your own. I told you, there are dozens of verses in the Bible about forgiveness, but you'll see that if you want to learn about forgiveness, start with these verses and look them up and look at the context of those verses. Now look at what it says in the handout section under Meditate on Forgiveness. Forgiveness consists of sending the offense away and never bringing it up again. This is the true release of the offender. And there's an example of this in Psalm 103.12. Turn to that. Psalm 103.12. I want you to look at what that example is about never bringing up the offense again. Now, husbands and wives... You've heard stories where, you know, women remember everything that's ever happened in a marriage from the point of when you said, I do, until today. And, you know, men barely remember anything about life uh, after a certain period of time. There, there's like a wipe screen that takes place after about a week and a half. So, you know, the women have the advantage on this thing. But the worst thing... A woman can do, I'm going to pick on women about this, only because I know that it has happened when there's arguments, is when you bring up old issues that have happened 15 years ago in a marriage. Amen. Because guys don't remember that stuff. Guys are like, well, they can't say anything. All they can do is just listen to the argument, okay? (laughs) But the point is, is that that's what you don't want to do. You don't bring up old issues because what that says is, first of all, you're holding a grudge. And you're bringing up stuff that you haven't let go. You know, we, And we'll talk about that more as we get into the day. And, and I'm taking a risk of this because we have fruit here and I might get hit with a bunch of fruit later. But that's a risk I'm going to take because I'm just telling the truth. Okay? You don't remember mistakes. Who has Psalm 103.12? Who wants to read that out loud for everyone? As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Okay. As far as from the east from the west, he's removed our transgressions. Now look at what God does about past sins in your life. You can't find them. Okay? He's removed them from visibility. Not visible. They're as far away as they can be. Okay? 
And that should be the same attitude that we need to have about that. And it says, use this opportunity to meditate on the verses and a note to write down the names of people where you need to forgive someone and or to those where you should humble yourself and move from the place where the apology you expect may never come. And there's a verse down below here. You know, you, Remember how you said when we looked at Prager University video about where was God in this whole thing? Mm-hmm. God has to be in the midst of any issue of forgiveness. Amen? Amen. True? Yeah. You can use all kinds of conversation about the different three methods, like they said in the video about, you know, forgive and, and, and all this other stuff, and release, you know, give it a nice little term. But God has to be in the midst of this. If God is not in the midst of it, in your way of, if you use your own way of thinking, you won't do it. It won't happen. It won't be complete. It will be unresolved, and you're going to be carrying it around with you. Mm-hmm. It says here, uh, Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13, Holman Christian Center Bible. Therefore, God's, therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Look at all those words that you need to do. Even preparing, you've got to have a mindset. Mm-hmm. Holy and loved, heartfelt compassion, Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against you, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. That's a challenge. You're being challenged to forgive other people, whatever they've done to you, no conditions. Well, so-and-so did this to me. I'm not forgiving them. I forgive so-and-so. That's, she seems like a nice person every now and then. But that Clero, no way. <laughs> no. You can't choose. You can't select who you want to forgive. And that's a challenge to all of us. And it's not just that, but notice how you're not going to forgive somebody unless you have a gentleness, a kindness, a patience in dealing with other people. And we know we're challenged with that because every day we have to deal with all kinds of different people who are not kind, who are not gentle, who are not patient with us, who are anything but humble. But God calls us to do so much more, be so different. Okay? Look at the Acts section on forgiveness. What does it say? Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He'll never allow the righteous to be shaken. Psalm 55, 22. Turn also to 1 Peter 5, 7 for me, okay? Take a look at 1 Peter 5, 7. I'm going a little bit long in this section, because I, but it's worth it, because I want to set the stage for what we're going to talk about the rest of the day. Second day of the calendar, the schedule gets kind of torpedoed sometimes. It's okay. No, um... Yeah, go ahead. I was thinking, you know, how a marriage and y'all getting an argument and then first thing, vice versa, I should have stayed with my first wife or I, be, I went through that with my first wife mm. or her husband. Right. Mm. Is they still holding on to something there? Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, Absolutely. Of, you know, bringing that up, that's, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why I talked about what we do in dealing with our previous marriages. Okay. 
My wife and I, um, and this is not to brag, we've never had an argument. We've been married 10 years, never had an argument. We may have had differences in the way of thinking, but we've never argued. And part of that is what we've learned, frankly, from our previous marriages. Because that's something that we've chosen not to do. And our personalities kind of mesh in such a way where, you know, we know where each other is coming from, and we understand that, and we do everything together. So we, we spend a lot of time together. We do a lot of talking. But, but having said that, now that's something that, we, that's something that we have been able to do successfully. Will, I, will it never happen in the future? I don't know. It, but that's something that we will talk through and work through. But if you start bringing old stuff up that you're dealing with and you, and you know that it's something that's stuck in your craw, you've got to deal with that because you will carry it over. Yes? I would challenge the person that goes to the first, next relationship and says, I should have stayed with my first wife. It's like, okay, if you're on relationship three, four, and you keep finding this problem and you should have stayed with the first one, something's following you. Maybe the people you find are the problem, and maybe you're bringing some stuff with you, and that's the problem. But that, it's a matter of perspective and getting, you know, being out of yourself and recognizing that that's what the issue is. It's like, you're trying to point everywhere else. Well, they bring this out, the worst out of me. Well, this and that, and it's like, well, what's yeah. the common denominator of all these things? You. 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 That's where you have to humble yourself. Remember when we say you got to humble yourself? This is where you have to go to the Lord and say, is it me? And wait for the answer. Right. You might want to hear the answer and say, oh, yeah, it's you. <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get one of those loud voices coming from a clap of, yeah, it's you. Get your act together. Because, yeah, that, you have to understand, you're not supposed to be going out and having relationships with different people and having this carnage or wake of people just being run over because you can't figure out that you're carrying a, a bunch of a, a stuff with you and getting other people involved in it. Not resolving these issues, yes. Yeah, I always, my self-esteem was really low. And then, you know, I always would cry like, what am I doing wrong? Okay. You know, and then I get with a positive person and say, you know, every relationship is me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand. You know, mm-hmm. but it don't be me. Right. <laughs> you know, it's the guys that I pick. They don't like my son. You know, he can get out. No, that's my son. That's yeah. You know, but right. it's just that. I always wonder what am I doing wrong. Mm-hmm. But. If you're taking it to the Lord, the Lord is going to say, you know what? You just keep doing what you're doing. If you're being obedient to me, mm-hmm. I even know that I, I got to throw that in there. If you are being obedient to the Lord in every way that you can think of and making sure that you're doing everything you're doing, he'll speak to you and say, do what you're doing. It'll be that simple. And it's not, and I know people who struggle with self-esteem understand that there's something behind that too. It means that they've been beaten down or being told that they're not acceptable, not worthy, whatever it is, and they have to overcome that much of their lives. You have to kind of deal with those issues. Give it to the Lord. Give that matter to the Lord. First Peter 5, 7, who has that? Who'd like to read that? Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. There you go. You will get closer to releasing someone or being released by giving everything over to God. This is when the healing will begin. And notice the healing. The Holy Spirit is already there to help you through the healing process. 
It's a healing that takes place in forgiveness. It's a healing. Because someone raised the point yesterday, it doesn't happen in overnight. It doesn't happen in one day. It doesn't happen in a few seconds. And we saw a 15-minute video yesterday. It made it look like it was compressed. Everything happened. But even they compressed a few hours into that video saying a few hours later, here's what happens. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen right away. Growing in forgiveness. You're a new creature in Christ. Amen? Amen. If you live that way, you're going to see that. Your life's going to reflect that. Remembering what Christ did for you. He's already forgiven your sins. There's no need to stand still with guilt or regret. Guilt or regret. That's like the, those are like, that's a casualty of unforgiveness or forgiveness. Feeling guilty. I never should have did that in the first place. Or something happened. I regret that I did that. You're standing still if you're involved with guilt and regret. You're not growing. Because that's not moving forward. That's not the east-west principle. Because if you stay stuck in guilt, thinking like I did something, or thinking that you know other person did something to me and I, maybe it was my fault, it's not going to work. And finally, endure through forgiveness. Notice I have no mo. <laughs> no mo. No mo drama. I have that. I have that in there. You'll see that later. But no mo means no memory of wrong. That's a nice little catchphrase. No memory of wrong. No mo drama. And understand something too. Just like that situation there, you're gonna have folks that cause a lot of drama. Amen. That was dramatic. So just keep that in mind. No more drama. People, Pastor Gus made the point during Sunday school last week too, people love, some people just love drama. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this whole thing is like, you are, you know, you're a rotten person, I don't like you, I never loved you, I thought you were, you know, all kinds of stuff. No memory of wrong. That's tough. But that's where we're going to have the discussion about forgiving and forgetting. Forgiveness overcomes the burdens and baggage of the past. It's a way to overcome anger and to prevent bitterness, which is the root of an unforgiving spirit. There are several verses there I'll let you look at on your own to support that. For the sake of time, we're going to move on. But I want you to understand that you have to endure through this process as well, too. It's overcoming the burdens and the baggage. Everybody in this room has suitcases, invisible suitcases, somewhere on their body or on their shoulders. Amen? Amen. Some are heavier than others. But they're there. Because you bring it with you. When we're talking about how we were raised, when we're talking about how we came up as children, when we're talking about how we were picked on as kids in school, when we're talking about how maybe some of us were bullied, some of us were abused, that's all accumulative baggage that we all have to deal with. So we really are enduring, aren't we? We really are now dealing with all these issues when we come up and we have to find a way to, even in those moments where we can't see the person who abused us or did something to us, find a way to forgive so that you can go on and process it. Because that stuff can cumulatively affect how you behave as a believer in Jesus Christ. Yes? One short way of dealing with that is remember that unforgiveness only hurts you. Absolutely. 
Unforgiveness absolutely hurts you. That's exactly right. Any questions about all this? I mean, I think this is a great start for today. we got a little bit more to get into. Kind of covered it? Do we need a break? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, you know, especially if somebody's been abused, you would think that they wouldn't want to be an abuser, but sometimes it happens that way. seems like they want to do better. Human nature, human nature is that, well, I need to carefully say this. Everyone normally starts off as not being angry or abusive. Human nature, most people do understand there's a way to treat people. Something happens to people, though, where they start to abuse or get into this anger management stuff. In other words, you don't start out angry. We also have to understand, too, we're in a world where sin is prevalent. And everybody's affected differently by different stimuli. You ever, you've heard a word like that before. You're, you're raised a certain way. You come up a certain way. You have certain influences that you learn about. Um, Mark's an educator. He knows this stuff. You know, you, you, you're affected in certain ways by stimuli when it comes to communications, how you were raised, how you were coming up. That's what makes you as an individual. That's, what, that's where you start out, and you, you adapt later on as you learn more and more in life. That's, that's everybody. But different people have different ways of responding to anger. And some of that is lashing out. Doesn't make it correct. Yeah. And I would say for, for anyone who, is, who is, wants to do better, it's going to start with forgiveness. Because if you've been abused, you're not going to be able to move forward and do better by someone else if you're still holding on mm -hmm. to being abused. So That's true. it has to start with forgiveness. Then you can start that process of, okay, now how can I get better myself? Therefore, if I get better myself, then I can be able to help other people. Right. There you go. You do what you know. Mm -hmm. You were raised in loud environment, arguing, abusive mentally, emotionally, or whatever, that's kind of the norm when you... That is right. You know, so I don't think it's normal to not want that. And it takes the forgiveness to be different from that. That's exactly right. Because you only do what you know. That's right. I that's mean, exactly right. You're raised in that environment. That's what you're going to do. You, you saw your mom beaten up every weekend, and they were, you know, drinkers or whatever. More than likely, that's what you're going to do when that's you... That's because that's all you know. That's all you've been conditioned. Pardon me. It's what you'll do or what you accept. That's exactly right. Very good point. Everybody understand that? You see that? That's that has everything to do with. Well, still, I like I went through things, but I don't expect my sons to go out and do that. No, but that's but 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 she makes a great point. If you're coming up in a, in an underprivileged environment where you're you're Look, for those of you working in the daycare, how many of you have seen kids come in, you know that these kids are raised in a very irregular environment, irregular meaning one parent household, there's booze, there's sex, there's drugs, men coming in and out, that's what a kid sees. Yes, so what do you think they're going to do? That's their normal. 
their normal is anything but what you how you were raised. You got to understand that's what they're used to, mm-hmm. and understand that now they've got to overcome a lot because now they have to understand that that's not what's normal. They have to be educated. A normal situation is coming up in a stable relationship, but now you got to overcome all this huge baggage on a two-year-old kid or whoever it is. Right. So that normalcy is there, but until you come in contact with truth, not necessarily God's word, but maybe the principles of truth, yes. you have nothing to combat it against. Right. To really understand that it is wrong, it's sinful. Correct. So that person who's been abused, they might not look at that as a sinful act. They might just look at that as being something that was in my environment, something that I, I do. But until I have somebody actually hit me dead on with the truth of what that is, Sometimes I'm not able to turn or even see it for a In essence, the knowledge base. I mean, if you, but if you start with the knowledge base and then have someone, you actually see someone act it out, then that, I think that strengthens it. But to just hear it, I think, and we talk, we talk to kids all the time to it blue in the face. Mm-hmm. It don't mean anything right. until they can see it in right. action. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. You know, no, we have a staff, a girl um, on our staff. She had been in six different foster homes and abused in three. And she is um, in her 20s right now. But her problem was um, accepting love and uh, you doing acts of kindness for her because uh, she always thought there was a motivation behind it. Right. Or what were you doing it for and why. And, And she, I think because of the fact now that she sees that people are kind because they want to be kind. Mm-hmm. They want to have a relationship with you. And there is no ulterior motive behind why we do right. what we do. And she's seeing something different yep. is the reason why she's slowly melting. Mm-hmm. But she's a very angry, absolutely angry person. And that's the whole thing about experiencing this kindness. Mm-hmm. You've got to deprogram right. this old stuff mm-hmm. with positive, encouraging words, being humble before someone, and explaining that in order for you to move forward, you've got to actually forgive those people who did those things to you. That's going to be tough. That's why we've been saying all along this is a process. It's not going to happen overnight, especially for people who have come up as children who are abused, who are mistreated, they have to learn this stuff pretty much for their entire life. Yes. You know what? I, I I'll get you, Angie. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, I did ask for one thing. Um, her anger is against her mom. Okay. Because she could not understand why her mom became a drug addict and yep. why her mom couldn't have allowed those drugs to go to raise her and her sisters. Okay. And that's when she stuck. We're going to talk about being stuck. We're going to actually look at that as well, too. That's really important. All right, do we need to take a break? Is everybody okay? Can I press on? Let me know. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, You talked about uh, people lashing out. Mm -hmm. But what about the people that stuff everything down and you don't know? I mean, how do you get to that point where you can let stuff go? How do you get to that point? No, I mean, I know you need to pray or whatever, but yes. if I'm talking to Cindy and I think that she's really 
internalized everything. How do I start with her to get her to start letting stuff go? You have to pray with her, and you would also have have her truly seek the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is going to be the great revealer in all this stuff. That's going to show you what you need to do. That's really important for you to do. God's Word's going to do it. The Spirit's going to do it. And that's going to just take ongoing prayer. A person has to be humble enough to allow that process to take place. If you want to hang on to it, guess what? You're going to hang on to it. You, there's, it's going to have to be up to you know, using Cindy as an example. He's going to say, I want to get rid of this. Because you can stay bitter and angry all you want to. That's your choice to do that. Just as it's your choice to sin, that's what you'll do. You have to make a decision to say, I want to humble myself enough to just pray about it and say, I really, Lord, I want to give this all to you. That's the starting point. And once you do that, he's going to show you what you need to do. But that's going to take ongoing prayer. Yes, sorry. How to, to start with the person, with how do you feel about this? Yes. Because all the things have been internalized into the emotions and the feelings. Mm-hmm. And we've learned how to cover our feelings. So when you hear people say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm not blessed today. <laughs> but, but we pick up little things, oh, I'm all right. Right. I'm, well, it happened to me, I couldn't do anything about it. That's a fair wall. Yeah. And what you got to get to now is down into the feelings and the emotions. Right. Because right. it's still affecting us. And Gus makes a good point. Everybody wants to have this veneer, just like the woman in the video. I'm getting married today. I'm in control of this. I'm doing this. I'm. In. She's in control because she doesn't want to stop long enough to trust anybody to do anything because the way she, that's what she's dealing with. That's her. I'm in control. And the woman has, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're right. I need to let you do this and all that. She's moving ahead because she just wants to have this veneer on her so everybody sees her being happy, pretending everything is great and wonderful. And you know, after you saw it later on, what happened when all that anger started coming out? You could not talk to her, could not deal with her, could not say anything to her. How dare you preach to me about what to say? A lot of believers, a lot of Christians have this veneer on Sunday morning. Throw it out there. And, yeah, I don't expect you to tell all your business, and you really shouldn't tell all your business, and you should be careful about who you talk to. But if you got close for... (laughs) Amen. That came out immediately, huh? Watch who you talk to. But if you've got close friends, you should be able to confide in people about how you're feeling and be honest about that. And not always, you know... It's 10 o'clock. And not always going to pretend to say things like what Gus says, like, I bless, I bless. And, and, And say, you're... Whatever, you know, that's something you have to be very careful about. Make sure that you're not pretending to be somebody you're not. Because you're not fooling God, first of all. You're not fooling him. You're fooling yourself. If you want to fool yourself, then you go on right on with it. Okay. All right. So let's move on. Yo, yes. There's cold beverages in the fridge. There's still food on the side. Don't wait for a break to get up and get something. If you're hungry or want something, please get up and get it or give me the high sign. If you can't get to it, I'll get it to you. Okay, continue. Okay. <laughs> Lynn passed out a yellow handout for you. That's something for you to read on your own. I pulled an article from Relevant Magazine about forgiveness. It does talk about Joseph 
which is a great example about uh, of someone who had to truly forgive in the process because Joseph never did anything wrong. All Joseph did was be obedient to God, and yet Joseph got sold, thrown into a pit, left for dead, wound up in slavery, and all. And you know the whole story with Joseph and what happened with him. So forgive and forget. Let's talk about this. Hardly. It's difficult to get past the pain and trauma that occurs when someone hurts you. Amen? Amen. It's something that each one of us has experienced. And it shapes our view of the world. When we experience pain, our defense mechanisms kick in. Everybody know what I mean when I say that? When you experience pain, you have defense mechanisms that just kick into place. Okay? Everyone responds differently when they have been hurt, but most often the response is proportional to the painful experience. It's manifested in both emotional and even physical responses where the physical ailments are often the result of prolonged emotional difficulties. The response in kind to the stimuli of pain and trauma experienced is similar to that of Isaac Newton's third law of motion. <laughs> you know what that is? Who knows Isaac Newton's third law of motion? There you go. To every action, there is always opposed an equal reaction. That's... You know, most people don't, don't even know there were different laws, but that's what most people hear about when they talk about Isaac Newton. While the response may be equal to what a person has done to you, it's how you respond and manage this pain that is very important as you seek the Lord for ways to cope with your experience. So let's talk about that. Turn real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Now, we're talking about forgiving and forgetting. So you don't forget... You've heard that phrase being used before. You don't forget when someone hurts you. So that's a phrase that's been come up with, I guess. And, yeah, I think it might was, it was even mentioned in this Prager University video we saw yesterday. We heard the term forgive and forget. You don't forget. Did you ever forget when somebody caused you pain that was emotional? You don't forget that. You don't. So you're not really forgetting anything. You're dealing with it. You're managing it. You're dealing with it from a standpoint that you're going to have to respond to it. Now, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version of 1 Corinthians 10.13. And just follow along. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, there ain't nothing new under the sun. Everything that you're experiencing in pain, someone else has experienced it. If you, you, you can... Go across the world, go over to Europe, go to Asia, someone else over there as dealing with something you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And everyone that's in the human race has dealt with some sort of issue like this, okay? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, that's our challenge. You can respond to pain and say that, God, give me the strength to deal with this pain. Or you can say, I'm going to lash out and I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Yeah. we got a lot of that already today. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to go any further than look at what, how people respond to anger in the news and, and just see all kinds of shootings and muggings and stuff like that. 
and people taking out get into a car accident be careful what happens after that okay but you can deal with pain if you're truly looking to the Lord to keep you from sinning in response let's start with that okay pain makes it hard to forget the hurts it's hard to let go of the wrongs you've experienced it makes it difficult to conceive the nature of forgive and forget first we need to know that forgive and forget is not found in scripture let's start with that you go try to look it up you won't find it if you find it I need to see your Bible <laughs> just to check it out it's a term that comes out of a worldview that proclaims a person can indeed forget the hurt upon forgiveness and move on there are many verses that discuss forgiveness and there's a reference to how God sees our sin once a person repents of it. I want you to turn to Isaiah 43, and let's take a look at verse 25. Isaiah 43, verse 25. Everyone comfortable? Good? I get hot automatically. I'm like an inferno. So don't pay attention to the man up here behind the curtain. And I get hot, and I'll... But as long as everybody else is comfortable, that's fine. Amen. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, amen. <laughs> Isaiah 43.25 says, It is I who sweep away your transgressions for my own sake, and remember your sins no more. So the concept of forgive and forget means to, uh, this is going to sound really, <laughs> the concept of forgive and forget means suck it up yeah. and move on with your life. That's, right. that's what forgive and forget, that's what it essentially means. Yeah. Suck it up, deal with it, move on with your life. Okay? Sure, you got hurt, you've been damaged, but now it's time to let it go and face the next challenge. The reality of this is that we never truly forget we may indeed forgive, but we don't forget. Mm -hmm. Yes? One definition that I was given a long time ago, being forget, when, when a believer forgets, essentially what you're doing is you're giving up your right to hold that person accountable yes. or to punish them for it. It right. doesn't mean that the incident's going to go off your mind. Right. But when you remember it, you're not going to, you have to let it go and say, I've given that to the Lord. He's going to take care of it. So that's essentially how a believer correctly Correct. But now you've still got to deal with, okay, so you're not going to hold it against the other person, but now, though, you've got to forgive but not really forget from the standpoint that you've got to remember the hurts in order for you to help heal. There's a healing process that has to take place because you've still been hurt. doesn't change how you treat the other person, but how do you deal with this pain that you've experienced? So, yes? Mel, Mel. I'll get so, you one second. Go ahead. Does that also give you an opportunity to learn to avoid these hurtful situations in the future? <laughs> yes, if you can, because it's not always that simple. I mean, but you if, start in the right direction. Well, what if it's a what if it's your wife? What if it's a family member? I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you, if you can do that, that's great, but that's not always going to work in yeah, every situation. Yeah, okay? No. 
So you may not be able to. I mean, you can't become a monk because people are going to hurt you wherever you go. Stuff's going to happen. I don't feel like getting hurt anymore. I'm going to go take a trip. You know, a lot of people respond, frankly, to being hurt by doing what? Running away. <laughs> Running where? I mean, I, you, know, you hear these, drink well, yeah, okay. You know, you see it on TV. Shopping. Yeah. Who would make their Million dollars. Well, I was, you See those weird TV shows where you see somebody, oh, you hurt me so badly, oh, boo hoo hoo, and they run out of doors somewhere. That's how they're dealing with it. They're running away from the whole thing. But the fact is, is that you got to consider Isaiah 43:25. Look at that passage. And note that Jesus Christ made a one-time payment for all of our sins, past, present, and future, by dying on the cross. That's how he treats it, and that's where we need to leave it. i got another verse here for you to look at. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, I have, I'm going to read the English Standard Version to you as well. Verses 14 through 18. And, and by the way, for those who... Um, have just joined us or have come in. We will make this material available also. I'll post it online. We'll also, uh, hopefully, if everything works out, we'll have audio uh, that you can also listen to as well, too, in case you missed some stuff. Okay, Hebrews 10, verses 14 through 18. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make them, with them, after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I'll remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. God does not forget in the same way we forget. He doesn't forget anything. Amen? He didn't forget. You know, when he says, remember your sins no more, that's a figure of speech. He remembers everything you've done. That's why there's an account that's being taken when it comes to Jesus Christ. If he didn't remember, it's like everybody gets into heaven. Well, that's not the case. So obviously he's taking an account for what sin is taking place. But it's only in the righteousness of accepting Christ as Savior that you have the ability to have fellowship with him. He certainly remembers. Amen? Okay. <laughs> he, he is omniscient. He knows everything and forgets nothing. But in the case of our sin, because of Christ's sacrifice for our sins, he chooses to not remember our sin. It's a choice that he makes. Guess what? It's a choice for you too. You have to choose to not remember. Choose to move forward from that. He even provides a visual measuring of distance as to how far he removes that sin. And that goes back to Psalm 103, verses 11 and 13. If you, if you, you can go ahead and turn to that. Psalm 103, 11 and 13, through 13, excuse me. And we read a portion of that earlier about the east and the west, but we want to make sure that we also add verses 11 and verse 13 to that. And... I love how God gives us word pictures. Word pictures speak volumes to help you to understand 
God's perspective. Okay? Because we understand what heaven is. And he's saying, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love. Now, do we know how high that is? But we know it's way up there. We can just put, we don't know. need to know how many miles or whatever it is. We know it's way up there. That's how faithful he is and how much he loves us. Towards those who do what? Fear him. Those who have reverence for him. That's how much he loves those people. As far, and then it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us, as a father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So God's choice is not to remember our sins, but to reflect his love for each one of us, and how he has patience and compassion for his children. Thank goodness the Lord has patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was, if, if the Lord was impatient, you know, you, all you'd be hearing about in the news is all these lightning bolts coming down and striking people all the time. <laughs> Can you imagine that? It'd be like a news. 400 lightning bolts came down today and took out somebody you might know. Thank goodness he's patient. So in order to experience true forgiveness on either side, there are key elements that must be involved. They include love, compassion, and humility. And we'll have more on this later because you've got to have love, compassion, and humility to overcome this pain that you experience. So when we use the words forgive and forget, we've got to rely on the power of God to give grace. Ever heard that word before, grace? Grace in forgiveness. True forgiveness is moving past the pain. And while you don't forget the sin or its behaviors, you have to choose to overlook them and extend the grace of forgiveness to the other person to move through and out of our pain. Knowing that Christ forgives us and remembers our sins no more is a reminder that grace does not need to stop with Christ. He shows grace to us. You show grace to others. That's the takeaway from this. And the other thing that we do is that we want grace from the Lord, but we don't want to give anybody else any slack. That's where it stops. It stops with you as an individual. In other words, you're not extending that grace to other people. Christ forgave you, showed you grace. I don't want to cut nobody some slack. You did me wrong. You're going to pay. You talk like that. Where is the grace? Yeah, I'm in pain, so somebody else is going to have some pain. Is that how you speak to people? Is that what you're thinking in your mind no. while you're smiling? <laughs> he gives you the ability to forgive and not forget, but to choose to remember the other person's sins no more. So I'm going to throw it out there, Matthew 6.15. Turn to that, because this is something that we had to remind ourselves about. If we are truly being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to be obedient all the time. And not just take pieces, parts of it, and say it's acceptable or unacceptable. I'm not going to do that. Matthew 6.15 is one of those punches in the face if you've got a bad attitude about other people messing with you. At least it should be. should be a punch in the face. If you don't want to extend grace to somebody else, well, here's what the Lord says. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Amen? Yeah. Well, nobody want to hear that. But you, you yeah. But in order for, for that to happen, 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. A carnal mind. A Okay. Okay. So all this stuff, you know, that you're talking about. Yep. And all this stuff that that people do and make us mad and this and that and then this. Mm-hmm. You know, if they carnal mind, they're gonna react to it. Yeah. But I'm. Not, but when you got the spirit of the Lord in you, yeah. You got you got great you got grace and truth. <coughs> Right. And what do we say about unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is ultimately sin. That's right. right. That's right. Remember what the woman said yesterday? I know you did all this stuff to me. Talking to her father. And just as a reminder. And what did he do? You got the tick list of what he did. What did he do? For those who were here. Sold the deed of the house for drugs. Alcohol. College fund for his daughter. And use it for drugs. What else? Beat his, beat, his, beat his wife. Beat the daughter's mother. Okay, so there's the list. That's, that's quite a bit, isn't it? But what did the daughter say that was very important at the end? You did all these things to me, but it's just as wrong for me. To not forgive. In other words, stack all this on one part of a scale, stack her issue on the other scale, guess what? They balance out. They balance out because ultimately sin is sin. You've got to understand, if you are harboring sin in your life, why would you expect God to forgive you? You can't have it both ways. That's what we need to remember of this. So this leads to discussion about where forgiveness begins. That's why you gotta renew your mind. Yes, absolutely. And your mind every day. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and look, if you're driving on 480 every day, okay, in traffic back and forth, I, I brought this up because every day is an adventure, okay? Amen? Every day is an adventure. If you have to drive back and forth on 480 every day, which I have to do all the time, every day is a new adventure. And you are challenged every day to not turn into Fred Carnell while you're driving in the car. Because folks will do stuff. And it makes you angry. And I've seen accidents happen on the freeway. I've seen them bang right into somebody's back. Or stuff on the side of the road and you're always driving by stuff. It's a real challenge to stay focused. Say, you know, you're looking at traffic whizzing by or doing whatever it is. And I know what happens to me when I'm in traffic. I'm... I had to talk to the Lord about it and say, Lord, I need to do something with this anger. I get angry when I'm driving, and i got to make sure that I'm not, I just have to say, let it go. <laughs> to the point where I've got to say, oh, this is happening, okay. You know, <laughs> I, I really did because I was winding up going to work like this is all. <laughs> and and that, in, that involves forgiving people who are not going to understand or not even going to know anything about how you're feeling. You are literally having to give that over to the Lord because that's what you have to do to deal with it. Because, yes, that's, you know, and for those who don't remember, I got rear-ended on the freeway a few years back, so I have context to all this. I know what that's about when we're talking about watching what trucks do or what traffic does and all that. Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. The bitch is so mad about the car. It was her car. Oh, oh. Um, 
No, she's not mad about the car. But that, but she's right. Yeah, the car was absolutely totaled. I was, I was able to walk away from the accident. Praise the Lord. That's yeah. But the car was like a little sandwich, um, squishing thing. But and so I have context when I say this about traffic every day. So yes, Debbie. Towed on 480. So the the rule that nobody will remember anything today about what we talk about forgiveness exists, saying just don't drive on 480. <laughs> Nobody will remember anything about what we just talked about. And you know what? That's always on the news. I hear it. Yeah. Um, it's all the time. 480. It's blocked for two hours. 480 is a... I'd be like, 480, that's all I hear. Yeah. So I'm glad I ain't got to travel that way. 480. Okay. So let me... I was just going to say, too, uh, uh, I'm like you, and still a little, and I really, really... Because I... I that's one thing I do do. I thank the Lord from point A to point B. I get to point B. I thank the Lord for getting there. Amen. Because there's so many things that go on. But mm-hmm. anger can whelp up in me so fast when I see ignorance. Absolutely. Yes. On the road. Yes. I mean, all you have to do is just drive. You don't have to eat. You don't have to talk. You don't have to. And I know there's a lot of things that go through our mind. So let me close out in this section here. Thank you for anybody else, real quick. I'm sorry. Yes. We were at a conference and she was talking about sometimes for Christians you can be filled with the Spirit. We were at the first, I think it was the Nancy Lee Devote <coughs> conference we went to, and Crawford Lewis's wife was speaking. And she was talking about how an incident in her church took place where one of the ministers, we, she didn't believe any, but they had some abuse and some things with her, a person in her family. Okay. And she was talking about how hard it was knowing the truth of God's word to still not harbor that anger because right. of what took place. Right. But then trying to work through that process to where she wasn't angry with the staff and the people who were involved, okay. but still being able to minister. So I was just thinking sometimes even as Christians, God will put us in a situation mm. to where it can be tough to where he's teaching you to deal with that anger, mm-hmm. but it's hard for you to... Like they have to get those emotions under control. Right. You know what to do, but it's hard to work through the process. Sure. And it's hard, and it takes time. Yeah. It's, that's why we've been saying it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And even this issue about as something like a driving on the freeway, that's a process. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep giving it to the Lord. Don't forget what he tells you. Don't forget what his word says. 
keep all that stuff internalized. It's just going to take some time. That's right. So, and faith. True forgiveness comes with the understanding it's time to get right with God. That's, after all is said and done, you've got to get it right with God. Get Him involved in the process. It doesn't matter if you're on the giving or receiving end of forgiveness. Your relationship with God requires a cleansing. In order for you to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, as it talks about in Matthew 22, 37, you need to give all of who you are and what you are to him. In totality. Not just pieces, parts. Amen? Okay. All right. That's the conclusion of that segment. Do we need a break? We do need a break. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to assume anything because I know we went through the first section and we didn't get a break, so we'll take this time to get a break. Um, this is about a five-minute break. We will have another break for checkout time if you have not checked out of your hotel. So I'll make sure that we do that. Yes? I'd like to, uh, I just want to tell everybody, uh, when I dipped out, uh, Jonathan called. He is back on U.S. soil. He's in New Hampshire. Oh, good. He should be home to San Diego in a few hours. Amen. Very good. Yeah. For those who don't, Jonathan is your son. That's my Tell me about it, yes, okay. Okay. He's in Kuwait, right. Okay. All right, let's take a five-minute break. Um, Bathroom, whatever you want to do. The restrooms, if you don't know, are right next door to us, right on the other side of the wall. So you can do that, and we'll catch you uh, in about five minutes, okay? Okay.